0: Branding agency that understands your industry and can really speak to your brand messaging and help you launch in the right way. You have to hit the pavement hard and you have to hustle and you just have to go out and do it.
1: Welcome to the Boss Bay Podcast, a place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. I'm Natalie Ellis, co founder and CEO of Boss Babe and your host for this week's podcast episode. So, this week I am interviewing Ali Grant, the founder of Be Social. Ali launched Be Social in 2012 as one of the first agencies executing integrated influencer outreach and collaboration. Today, the communications group is headquartered in downtown LA, specializing in digital forward campaigns for lifestyle, wellness, and beauty brands and talent. BeSocial has been named one of Inc's fastest growing businesses, spearheading digital campaigns across influencers, events and editorial. To further expand on the mission to build the next generation of brands and entrepreneurs, BeSocial has launched social series and in real life event series to build and connect offline, which I love. I think any excuse to get off our phones and meet yes. people in real life is incredible. We've worked with Be Social at Boss Babe and really want to bring Ali onto the podcast to demystify this world of PR, talk about influencer partnerships, and also what it really looks like to build a successful business behind the scenes. I know you're going to love this episode and there are going to be so many actionable takeaways. So make sure you've got your notebook ready. And as always, we want to see you share this episode and tag us. So take a screenshot, Tell us your biggest takeaway, tag us, and we're going to send sticky notes to random ones of you that we select. This episode is brought to you by LifeCycle. Okay, so you already know how much I care about my own health and wellness. I'm constantly on the go and I love using biohacking tools and techniques to keep myself balanced and energized. One of the most advanced product packages I have found to date has a range of liquid mushroom extracts that include cordyceps for energy, reishi for relaxing, lion's mane for brain function and REM sleep, which I measure every single night, by the way. I'm all about the data so I know what works turkey tail for good health and holy shiitake to amplify the Babe in all of us. This is the ultimate biohacker set by Lifecycle. It has been a total game changer for me and really helped me feel calm and collected even when under a lot of pressure because we all know what entrepreneurship life is really like behind the scenes. I just put a few drops straight under my tongue or I throw it right into a morning smoothie. It's super easy all cycle liquid extracts are made in Byron Bay I actually visited a few years ago and I just thought it was one of the cleanest and most pure places on earth my sleep feels deeper I feel so focused and productive so we got hold of a thousand special packs only for our listeners so if you go to Lifecycle that's dot com, and use Boss Babe 20 to get a special discount of 20% off only the first a thousand will get the discount so if I were you I'd go check it out right now. It's amazing. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Vision of success. Ali, welcome to the podcast. What a great intro. I'm so excited to be here and talk with you today. Super excited. I want to go back to the beginning. So, what in 2012 made you decide to start an agency?
0: Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy because agency life is very hectic and very stressful. But I knew from a very early age that I wanted to own an agency. And I can't really tell you what or why I thought that. I don't even think I really knew what an agency was. But back in 2012, I was recently out of college. I had worked in a public relations firm, at the time was working in a social media agency, and it was kind of the start of influencer collaborations. At the time, we were mostly doing more affiliate marketing, so we were sending product to bloggers and having them utilize different promo codes for them to make affiliate commissions and doing a lot of fun stuff with like Twitter and Facebook and not so much quite yet on Instagram. But I really saw Instagram as kind of the new medium and where brands could really activate. And so as the agency kind of shifted more into website building and Facebook and Twitter, I saw an opportunity to kind of go out and do my own thing and really focus, hyper focus on influencer marketing, Instagram opportunities, and kind of pair my background in editorial and media with these new media platforms. And so I just did that. I used my savings to start a website and then hit the ground running to try and get clients and kind of just grew from there.
1: That's incredible. And I'm sure it wasn't the easiest journey from deciding to do this and to where you are now. So, what does that really look like? What's been some of the hard moments you've had? For sure. I mean, I think the biggest challenge was that I hadn't
0: done it before. And I was 23, 24 years old. I was really young. I hadn't had a lot of professional experience, but what I did have was drive and passion. And I had this idea that I thought was very exciting and kind of new for the agency landscape. So I really think my excitement was what drove all of this, but I had no capital. To this day, I have not taken capital. I own the company 100%. Literally to fund essentially my website and some of the small office supplies I needed, I was selling my Tory Birch flats and (laughs) kind of selling some of the things in my closet to be able to afford it. So I literally launched this company with maybe a couple thousand dollars to my name. And I really was hopeful that it would grow from there. And thank goodness it did. But I think a big challenge was being so young, not having tons of experience and not having any money. So I really had to be extremely scrappy.
1: And how did you get started with influencer partnerships and building those relationships? Yeah, I mean, it
0: had started at that, you know, social agency that I had been working on. I worked on a handful of different accounts and swimwear and accessories and home decor, kind of like lifestyle fashion. And so I really like it was the start of influencer collaboration. So I was emailing Peace Love Shay at the time about sending her a bikini and having her post about it. So I had just started making these relationships because I was working with all of these brands in that capacity. And I was one of the few people really doing that at the time. And so I guess I kind of got known for doing that. And then as I launched my own company and had my own clients, really, I think, you know, I was on the grounds of the launches and the openings and really just, I went to all the events. I really got myself out there. I was really good at networking and putting my name out there. And through that, I was able to make really organic, long lasting relationships. And I think that's been a real key to success for us is that our team does have such strong relationships across editorial and influencers and I think that's so important in all that we do.
1: I love that. But as an outsider listening in, I'm like, I really want to do that. But it can be so tiring to go to all the events to remember to follow up with everyone to maintain those relationships. I remember seeing the funniest meme of just like people trying to balance all of this stuff. And I feel like it can be really, really hard. So how do you do that?
0: Yeah. I think we talked about this too. It's like about balance. It's like, it's very difficult, but at the time of starting my company, like my main focus was my business. And so I definitely let a lot of things on the side fall. So I started my business, I was in my mid 20s. I mean, at that time and age, a lot of my friends were going out and out on the town and having fun and being young. And I definitely took some sacrifices there. In that I was at home, I was working on things, I was helping clients, I was really taking on a lot. And so I think my personal life, I certainly took some sacrifices. And I think if you want to start your own business and you want to have it be successful, you're going to have to juggle it all. And especially in those first few years when people don't know your name, they don't know who you are, like you have to hit the pavement hard and you have to hustle and you just have to go out and do it. If any type of business you have is going to be about relationships And for people to meet you and know you and understand what you're all about, you have to go to the networking events, you have to get out there, you have to follow up. So I think that's key to success. And it's just kind of part of it. And you have to be ready for it.
1: Yeah, totally. And was there a tipping point in your business where you started to think, okay, I think this could work. I'm doing something that's worthwhile now? Yeah. I mean,
0: that was pretty much right away. I was like, okay, I was getting all of these new inquiries for business. I was making a name for myself. Things kept growing quarter after quarter. I saw other agencies similar to mine kind of start popping up. So I knew I was on to something, but I mean, in the early years, I was so exhausted because I was just working nonstop. But I knew as long as I could power through, as long as I could make enough money to build out a team, I really saw like a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think I was really feeling like I was on to something.
1: I love that. And did you start to hire a team pretty early on? Yeah, I did. And
0: I worked with interns to begin with. And then when I finally had enough income to hire someone, that was extremely exciting. And so my team now today is such a huge asset and big part of our success. But it also has been you know, one of the biggest challenges for me because I had launched this business with like very minimal management experience. And so... I think I've learned a lot of lessons throughout the years on what to do and what not to do.
1: And I'm still growing in that way. And so what lessons have you learned as a kind of being a CEO, as opposed to a solopreneur, what has it been like to manage a team? I'm asking selfishly because I'm also going <laughs> through that and it's a big learning lesson. Yeah. I mean, I
0: think it's really difficult. And I think the biggest challenge for me is like, I'm kind of like a head down. I'm really independent. I would say like, I just get my stuff done. I don't need a lot of like management or handholding. And so as a manager, I assume everyone that works for me is going to be similar to me. And that's not the case. Everyone requires a different management style. And you really have to like understand your employees and what motivates them and what excites them and allows them to be the best they can be. And I think realizing that and understanding that takes a lot of time <laughs> and experience. And I think... Without actually learning and having failures and figuring all of this out along the way, it's pretty difficult to get this right the first time. And I think any manager, first time manager, will tell you how difficult it is. And it really comes with years of experience. So I really continue to say I'm still learning and I, I wish I could be better, but you know, I'm putting people on my team in place that are very strong managers. And I think it is a skill set that not everyone has. I like to say I'm more of like a dreamer and a creator and a doer versus like the people person. So I think that, you know, putting someone in place on my team, that's really that people person has been such a game changer for our company.
1: That's such a good tip about really like leaning into your strengths and not trying yeah. to do something that perhaps just doesn't feel super aligned for you. Yeah really really important and so is there anything but like beyond that that's been actionable for you like do you have one-to-ones with people in a certain way or do you give feedback in a certain way that's been helpful?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think listening to your employees and allowing them to have a voice is like extremely important. You know, we also creating a funnel or a channel of communication is extremely important. You know, in my early days, I was the CEO, but I was top to bottom talking to every employee and delegating and them reporting into me, which is a huge mistake. Like You really need to create a communication plan. You need to have managers in place that then report to you. I think when you're a CEO and you're talking to a new assistant on a team, that can cause them to spiral and be stressed out. And there needs to be some sort of formal communication plan in place that kind of stops that and allows people to have someone they look up to without having to directly report to the CEO. So kind of putting that like hierarchy in place has been extremely beneficial as well.
1: Mm, Yeah, I can second that. That's a game changer. Okay, so I want to pivot. One thing that Be Social is so incredible at is influencer partnership. It's obviously one thing that you were doing before pretty much anyone else was doing it. And so for brands now, perhaps brands that are launching this year, and they've never worked with influencers before, what are the tips to really getting started with influencer marketing? It's a good question.
0: I always say it's not too late to start. The influencer industry is continuously growing. Brands are spending more and more money in this space. So it's a great time to get involved. As a new brand, I think you know the biggest tip is to do your research and do your homework and to create a i guess like a influencer identity that really resonates with your brand and build a list of influencers that match that so if it's content that's really important to you or their location or the types of things that they post about creating a list of influencers with all their contact information is kind of step one. And then from there would just be simply emailing them or DMing them and really having like a tailored pitch that doesn't feel blanketed, doesn't feel like everyone else is getting it. And really like speaks to the reasoning as to why they should partner with you or why they should promote your business. I think what's happening right now in the landscape is that just all these influencers are inundated with so many brand emails and things like that. And people are just blasting information to them. So I think take a step back and be more like calculated about who you're reaching out to and what you're saying to them. And I think you'll stand out.
1: And what about on the other side, if you're an Perhaps an influencer that wants to start doing more brand partnerships, what should they be doing?
0: Yeah, I mean, literally the same thing. I think. If there's a brand that you're dying to work with, like say it's L'Oreal, obviously introducing yourself to them is step one and you know finding the proper contact information of the person at the brand. People always ask me how. I would just go to LinkedIn and find out who handles influencer marketing for this brand you're trying to get in touch with. And before doing that, in some capacity, share the brand organically. Maybe it's an Instagram story or YouTube or whatever. Just have some piece of content that shows, Hey, look, I've shared your brand. Here were the results from it. And this is what I want to do with your brand in the future and start small, not, you know, one cold email to a brand isn't going to result in a $10,000 deal, but it could result in, you know, gifting and invitation to an event down the line. And then maybe when they do have paid partnerships opening up, they'll think of you because they've been talking to you and you've showed, you know, some love to the brand in the past. But again, like, you know, making sure you have that tailored pitch and that whatever you're saying really resonates with like the brand's mission.
1: Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world class coaches no matter where you are. Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk, and right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash bossbabe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash bossbabe, masterclass.com slash bossbabe
2: Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. Yeah, I love that. And I
1: think definitely searching for someone on LinkedIn as opposed to just dropping a DM, I think can be so powerful. Yeah, I love that you said that. Okay, so let's pivot back to the brand side. So you're a brand, You're say you're a skincare brand and you're really wanting to work with influencers. So you're starting to reach out there. What else could you be doing to grow your brand online, say, especially for a product-based business?
0: Yeah, obviously influencer marketing is key. I think launching with some sort of mailer or, you know, getting the product in influencers' hands is really key. I also think, you know, events are important. So if you're a new brand, I highly recommend some sort of launch event. Los Angeles is a great place for an influencer event. New York is great for an editorial event. Also just doing editorial outreach too to digital outlets is extremely important as well. And then, you know, your social media presence is so important. If you're a new brand in the skincare beauty space and you're trying to get influencers and media interested in you, I mean, the first thing that they're going to look at is probably your Instagram page over your website. So I would really you know, encourage investing in content and really curating Instagram feed that portrays what you're all about. I think that's a huge miss to go straight into influencer marketing and you don't really have a game plan for your personal Instagram and social media channels.
1: Say you were going to launch with an event in LA. How do you make sure influencers are actually going to want to attend? Because I feel like they probably get invites to so many different events all the time.
0: I know it's extremely competitive in terms of like what our team does. We definitely like will sniff out all the things that are going on on a particular date to make sure we're not competing with like the most exciting event of the year. (laughs) Um, So that's super key. So just kind of checking out what else is going on on that day. Definitely have something, a location that's super central and easy to get to. I always say West Hollywood is really nice for Los Angeles events because it's kind of a central location. And make it, you know, different and unique. And like, what is the takeaway there? People learning about your brand? Are you bringing in like an esthetician to do mini treatments? You know, some sort of, Way that allows them to discover your product in a way that's not just like, here's a gift bag of the product. You know, obviously food and drinks are exciting too. So (laughs) something there, some form of like an entertainment, music, um, esthetician, something along those lines. And then just make sure like the decor and certain elements really match what your brand is all about. And I think the biggest reason people are doing these events is to garner impressions for your brand. So make sure you have some sort of Instagrammable moment, whether that's, you know, a step and repeat, a floral wall because that will encourage people to be posting and tagging and driving attention and awareness to your brand. Got
1: it. And I think as well in the beginning, it can be quite hard to decide where to spend your money. So whether you go and put them into performance marketing, like ads, and you see a direct ROI, or perhaps you do an event, do you see a direct ROI with the event? Or is it more brand marketing and you hope that it generates revenue in the longer term?
0: It really depends. I think there's a handful of reasons to do events. Really what we're seeing, obviously, like the impressions are massive at events because you're getting all of this organic content coming through that you're, you're not paying these people to post. And so many of them will post at your event. So you will see like an uplift in, you know, your social media following traffic to your website. And also if it's like a really big, like splashy launch of a product, we will see an uptick in sales of that particular product. So you're getting like a handful of things. Also just content too. So, you know, getting people in your space with your product, have a photographer there, making sure they're creating content. So you're getting more than just, you know, the impressions, it kind of just depends on like how the event flow is.
1: Got it. Okay. And so beyond the influencer marketing and events, are there any other digital strategies you think are really, really important when you're in that build phase of your business?
0: yeah, I mean, we mostly focus on like organic techniques, so in the influencer, social, and editorial space. But like your what you mentioned, performance marketing, I think is also really key. But before you do any of this stuff, my biggest piece of advice would be get a really good branding agency. Nothing like kills me more when I see a brand spending like $20,000 on influencer campaigns and their logo and their branding and their packaging is the worst thing I've ever seen. I think that is such a miss and I don't know why it keeps happening, but hire a branding agency that understands your industry and can really speak to your brand messaging and help you launch in the right way. I feel like that's my biggest piece of advice.
1: Yeah, I think that's so true. And people don't want to share things that are ugly. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) It's so true. I love it. Okay, and so let's pivot to the event series that BeSocial is going to be launching. It's so interesting. It's called Social Series. What is it?
0: Yeah, so we actually did our first one a few weeks ago, and we partnered with Shopify. And we held an event in downtown LA at the Shopify space. And it was a beauty panel. So we had about six beauty entrepreneurs do a panel kind of just talking about you know the launch of their brand and what they needed to get started. And we had about a hundred people in the room, budding entrepreneurs, people who wanted to start their own product. And it was so like magical, just like seeing this like room of all these people just learning and absorbing and I felt like really good after the event. So that was our first one. We're looking to do another one coming up here soon, hopefully more in like the wellness fitness and like landscape. But yeah, I mean, I think we do so much stuff online and so many of our relationships are digital relationships. I really wanted to build something that was like in real life and like brought together all of the things that we do as a company and allowed these entrepreneurs that were helping day-to-day to tell their story to a crowd in real life. So I'm hoping we can do more of them. It's kind of like a side hustle passion project right now, but it felt really good to do and hopefully there's more to come.
1: Yeah, and I think there's something to be said for actually bringing people together in real life. It's yeah. not done enough. We're so like consumed with our phones and networking mm-hmm. online. It's yeah. so much nicer to be able to meet people in person.
0: I agree. It was shocking. It was like so... Different. Like, I mean, people have their phones out and stuff, but it's like real conversations in person. Like, it's it's taking it back a step. And I really enjoyed it.
1: And I love that it's really geared towards people wanting to start businesses because I think one really important thing for anyone in business is having community around Mm -hmm. you of people that understand you and can support you because if you don't have that, I mean, it's very easy to go crazy. So I love that. Can you talk a little bit about what a typical day looks like for you? Yeah, definitely. So I work kind of like around the
0: clock. I am such a workaholic. I love work. I think working actually balances me. So (laughs) I have to be doing it. Like everyone listening is like, yep, that's me. Yep, exactly. Exactly. It's like, that's why we're entrepreneurs. But yeah, I mean, I'm actually, I love to sleep in. So I don't wake up super early. I wish I could, but I just can't. So I usually wake up around 7, 7.30, take my dog for a walk, get my coffee, kind of just like unwind in the morning. And then our office is downtown. So I get in my car, put some podcasts on, and get to the office. And then from there, it's just like literally back to back. So phone calls, conferences calls, podcasts like this, meetings with the team. So it's, it's pretty chaotic. I really don't have like a break to catch up on emails. But when I do, that's, I guess, kind of what I'm working on. So I'll have like hundreds of emails a day, which is I feel like all I do is like, I'm a professional emailer. So kind of catching up on all (laughs) of that. You know, every I, I travel a lot too. I go to New York a lot for meetings. But I don't know, it's just it's kind of like a chaotic day. But work-wise, that's it. And then after the work day, I always try to work out. I think that's kind of where I unwind and kind of like my self-love, self-care time. And then from there, commute home and then probably hop on email again. That's kind of like my normal day. I'm such a workaholic. I'm I'm trying to take a step back on stuff, but I am in such the like build, build, build mode right now. It's like, I can't not be like in this grind and I enjoy it. So
1: it's all good. And I think a lot of people as well talk about not wanting to do the hustle and have balance all the time, which I do agree balance is important, but I don't think it's possible to not have that work ethic and still be successful. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think people who want to like work for themselves because it's like they're sick of corporate life and the hustle and the grind. Like, let me tell you, stop right now because it is much easier working for someone else. It's much more carefree. You don't have as much stress. So, If you're wanting to be an entrepreneur, be ready for it to be the most stressful thing you do and you have to work around the clock and you have to hustle and grind more than you ever have. There's obviously you have some freedoms of like when you start and all of that, but it's also this pressure of, "I need to start now, because this is like my livelihood, this is my income." So definitely make sure whatever you're getting yourself into, that you love it, because it's going to be what consumes you all the
1: time. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about you. So we've talked about kind of what your routine looks like, but I want to talk about specific products, too, because you know so many incredible beauty brands that I feel like you <laughs> must know the best product. So I want to know, what should I be using? Tell me everything.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay.
1: Well,
0: I think the biggest beauty tip is wearing sunscreen. So I love super goop sunscreen. That is my favorite. I love all the stuff that they make. So that is key to youth. I also think making sure you get consistent facials is really important. I go to Shawnee Darden. I love her. I also love all of her products. Another thing too, taking care of your hair health. I use T3 hair tools. They literally are the best and will allow you to get like that beachy wavy curl that I love. Washing your face a lot. That's super important. I love IS Clinical Face Wash. It's my favorite.
1: I love these Uh, specifics. So good. I'm making so many notes.
0: Yeah. I mean, what what problems do you have? You have like, you have no problems.
1: (laughs) I want to know all the best skincare and all the best things for my hair.
0: Uh, okay, so funny you talk about hair because we're launching a hair care line with one of the talent here at Be Social. I can't say much about it, but I'm very excited about that.
1: Love uh, your first product.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's
1: so exciting. I know
0: it's like, I'm so nervous, but I'm so excited too, but it'll be, it'll be really good. (laughs) So when that comes out, I'll send you that. But for now I would say, I mean, I really like living proof. I feel like all of their hair care products are pretty good. I love the way dry bar has some good ones too. Skincare. I'm really big on IS clinical. I think it's IS clinical or is clinical. I'm not entirely sure. Love all of their stuff. Also pharmacy beauty. It's more on the natural side. I really like their products as well. So, anything from there is kind of like perfect and they have like everything from like cleansing bombs to masks to like everything you need. I would say for someone who travels a lot, making sure you're hydrating, so drinking water. And then I always wear the Summer Friday mask, the jet lag one, whenever I'm on the airplane. I like slather it on because I get so dry from flying. So I feel like that's really helped too.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask her travel tips. I also love the Summer Fridays mask. It's amazing. It's so
0: good. Mariana really did a good job.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's such a great example of, how an influencer can build a long standing brand. So they're not always relying on partnerships and brand deals. Like they can build something from the ground up that's got longevity.
0: Totally. I say that to all the influencers we represent. It's obviously these brand partnerships are so exciting, but you know, build something that you own because at the end of the day, you don't even own your Instagram account. So I think it's building something that you believe in, whether that's a website or a product or whatever, a service, like, I think that's so key to like your long-term success and utilizing your social footprint to really drive success of that, that brand or
1: product. Yep, totally. And when it comes to building something you own, obviously, like you said, you don't own your Instagram following and you have no control over the algorithm. What do you tell influencers? Should they be building their email list? Should they be getting on TikTok, like what would you, yeah. what advice would you have for influencers right now? No, I mean,
0: you're spot on with TikTok. I love TikTok right now. I just started playing around with it and I feel like it's taking off again, but I do always tell our talent to diversify. So Instagram is great. Obviously there's tons of money to be made. That's a very highly engaged platform right now. But at the end of the day, like I said, you don't own it. So build a website, have a blog, start a YouTube channel, build an email list. You know, there's other things that you can start building. So you have this, essentially this media empire, and you don't have to rely on just your Instagram following. You have all these other things that support that. So that's super key. I mean, I think you're a great example of that. You guys have this amazing social following, but you also have this like highly trafficked website. So in a podcast, and um, you know, you're really building and diversifying your portfolio.
1: I'm not on TikTok yet. I don't know. We'll see. I think <laughs> it seems like a lot of work.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like confusing. I mean, it's definitely for like a younger generation, but I feel like brands are starting to move there. I feel like the engagement's really high on it. It's kind of interesting. It's
1: fun. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know. I'll let you know if I get on that one. Well. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on this podcast. This was so much fun. Where can everyone find out about the social series and also just follow you to keep up today? I definitely want to know when the haircare is launching. Tell me everything.
0: Yeah. So our Instagram for Be Social is just at Be Social Group. And then our website has kind of all the information about our clients and what we're doing. My personal Instagram is just Ali Grant, A-L-I Grant. And then the haircare line, I think you'll see more of that hopefully in the spring. So that will be extremely
1: exciting. Yay. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. I had so much fun. If you loved this episode, please subscribe, download a few more, and please leave us a review. I really want to hear what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were, and I also want to know what you want to hear us talk about next. To say thanks for leaving us a review, we'll send you a copy of The Boss Babe 25. The Boss Babe 25 is the 25 essential resources you need for personal and professional growth. It covers everything from our favourite rituals, books, and hacks. If you want a copy, just leave us a review. Screenshot it and send to podcast at bossbabe.com. We will then email you a copy ASAP. And since we love Instagram, you can go to the hashtag the boss Babe podcast and find our latest post and leave a question in the comments. We love reading through the comments and we'll make sure to answer it on our next podcast.